God. Wow. When you're in the, an attitude of worship and um, what God's doing right now in the hearts of believers, right now, this moment, oh, Father, we just thank you and praise you. Let's just lift up our hands for a moment and adore him, worship him, and thank him. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that you're present not only within each and every individual here tonight, but, Father, corporately, you're here in our midst to carry out your will, your way, your word, your truth. Father, as we come together to dine, Father, we just thank you and praise you for what you're already going to do. Each of us individually, Father, come here. We come here as needy people, Father, expecting you to meet that need, to touch hearts, to touch lives, to touch us physically, spiritually, soulishly, Father, financially. Father, in every way, we thank you and we praise you for it, honor you for it, Father. And we're expecting it in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, and praise you. Amen. Well, before you sit down, turn to a couple of people and tell them God loves you a whole lot more than I do. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Tom. Great job. Hallelujah. God is so good. I always find it an honor to come here and share with you and talk to you about the Word. Uh, why are you here tonight? To get out of the heat? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm in here to get in God's best. You know? Um, I, there's, uh, I, I'm, we're going to teach on healing tonight, of course. Um, Pastor Mark wants us to stay on point for that for Wednesday nights. Um, and I'm fine with that anyway because I had told him ahead of time. And then he asked me. He says, great, that's... That's wonderful. That's right, right there. Um, I uh, I did bring a book. Uh, I know many of you know about it. It's called Christ the Healer. Uh, if you don't have a copy of this, I, it's must, is it still in print? It is back in print or still in print. And um, if you don't have a copy of of Christ the Healer, get one. It's just uh, invaluable. Uh, some of the things that. Um, and every once in a while, I'll pull it back out and start reading in it again. And so much of my spiritual father, Brother Hagen, we went to Rainbow Bible Training Center and graduated there in 83. I, through F.F. Bosworth, I hear a lot. They say the same thing. Well, it's true when you get around the truth of God's word, right? That when you start saying what the word says, you're going to. You quote one another or you say the same thing someone else does because it's the truth. Amen. And so, uh, but it's just full and loaded. I'm, I'm just going to share a couple of things out of here tonight if, if we have time. And if I get around to it, I, I don't know that I will. And, and But then just to start off the evening, I just want to share three scriptures that will set the stage as to God, the price God paid for you individually, and then us as a body. If we could just get that part tonight, then we could all go home blessed and bless all those around us and, and grab a hold of it. But yet, there's, I, I do have a word from God uh, for us specifically tonight, and hopefully I'll get to it. 
many times when I start out and something, I, I never finish, you know, you know that. If I get past my introduction, we're really doing good. Uh, but just just to share some things, and then uh, we're going to just expect God um, to do His Word. Amen? So, uh, three openings, and they're all familiar to you. There's nothing new. Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, and I'll just read them quickly. If they catch us on the screen, great. If not, if you're taking notes, just write them down, uh, jot them down. If you have your Bibles, turn to them if you can get there fast enough. Highlight them, mark in your Bible. If you can't mark in your Bible, give it to the one next to you. They'll mark in it. And uh, uh, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, it says, Surely he hath borne our griefs, or sicknesses, carried our sorrows, diseases. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes... We are healed. Matthew eight seventeen says this, and it quotes a portion of those scriptures. It says, That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sickness. And then the Holy Spirit, looking back at Calvary in 1 Peter 2, 24, said this, Who his own self bare our sins in his own body, on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. There's a key. Dead to sin, but alive unto righteousness. Dead to sin or alive unto God. Dead to sin, but alive unto right standing with the Father. Dead to sin, but accessing all the things that God has for us. You can say all those things and it still works. Amen. Dead to sin. I just like the part dead to sin. Huh? You know, not to be irreverent or anything. uh, But if this was a memorial service, in some memorial services, they would have a body up here of the one we're immortalizing or talking about or in memory of or, you know. But rejoicing because hopefully they've gone on to heaven. Amen. But their, their, their body is here. They're gone, right? Whatever that person's or individual's temptation was during life. And let's just take mine. I'll just use it on that person, right? Not that I'm in there. But, that, but let's say their temptation was uh, lemon meringue pie while they were on the earth. They couldn't eat just one piece. They'd eat the whole pie. You understand what I mean by that? You've all been tempted by pie. I could spell it other ways, but we just leave it at that, right? But we could hold that right there in front of him, and would he be tempted? No. Why? He's dead. He's dead. Really? And he's dead to sin. Sin no longer holds him. In Romans... Uh, in chapter four, 6, it says, And you being dead to sin should live unto God. We're dead. Sin no longer has power over us. We have been made alive. Where? In Christ. We've moved. We've made that great transition from death. Now, you're sitting there and you know when you became a Christian, you weren't dead. You were alive. But you were dead to God. Why? Because sin separated you from Him. 
The only way, so you weren't dead in the sense that you weren't breathing, right? But the, the Bible looks at it, anytime you're separated from God, you're what? Dead. 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 So once you, were, you died to sin, now being made alive to God, it is no more I who live, but Christ that lives in me. Hallelujah. Let me ask you the next question. Was Christ going to sin? No. But we are all tempted, aren't we? We're still in our humanity, in a sense. We're still attached to this flesh. And as long as we will, we have a war or a, a fight to fight. Fight the good fight of faith. But when you start to say what the Word says about you, all of a sudden the pull, the tug, the shoving, the pushing, the pressure to fall into sin is no longer there. That's right. Hallelujah. I'm no longer bound by shackles. I've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. So that may be a discovery to some of you tonight that you don't have to. Sin, that is, over a silly lemon meringue pie. <laughs> Who being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So from those three scriptures, the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, and so we have three witnesses there, let every word be established. The word that is established here is number one, you have been bought and paid for in salvation by Christ's substitutionary uh, sacrifice on the cross for you and I that we might be Saved, Amen? So, it, but there's a package deal. Hallelujah. It's kind of like buy one, get one. Huh? <laughs> this is even better than that because there's more than one other. But it's a package deal. When you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, everything He did for you as a substitutionary act for you and me, He died that you might live. He paid the price that you might remain healthy. He paid the price of poverty that you might be prosperous. Huh? Did I say that right? Okay, you're just not reacting to it. Okay, I got it. They don't care. Ah, that's okay. Just keep going? Yeah, keep going. And so, (laughs) I'm teasing, I'm teasing, it's good. Uh, and, And so, now, here we sit at the doorstep of revelation knowledge. If when you got saved, and how many of you are saved? Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Good. So you know, how do, how do you know? Have you been to heaven? No. How do you really know? How do you really know? Because I don't know about you, but I've had doubts where the devil, where you wake up some morning. Is, every morning you wake up, you feel saved? No, I don't. Right? Not for the first few moments. (laughs) Right? Oh, dear God. Hit the snoozer. Bootish. Except that I said, oh, dear God. And that tells me I'm probably safe. Right? Huh? Huh? No? Okay, Terry told me no. Oh, dear God. Now how am I going to know? No, I'm just teasing. So... But we've had our doubts. The devil has come along where we may have fallen to that lemon meringue pie. Whatever yours is, right? 
And then the devil immediately come alongside and say, well, if you were really saved, you wouldn't have done that. If you were really saved, you wouldn't have done that. And if you were really saved, you wouldn't have done it for the 174th time. And probably planning on doing it again. Huh? Yet, all of you were very confident, I think, when I said, do you really know you're saved? Now, after that little bit of chat there, how many of you still believe you're saved? Okay. How many of you know you're saved? Wow. Man. Okay. Now, if it's a package deal, in that same substitutionary act is healing. Now, how many of you have suffered at one time or another, or maybe even now, with sickness or disease attaching itself to your body. Oh, I don't stand alone. And there's probably 95%. How come some of you have never been sick? Are you living on this planet? Are you from this planet? <laughs> I, I understand that you, know, not, you don't get 100% crowd participation. Shame on you. And so, uh, uh, so here you stand... At the point of revelation, wait, 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 wait. If I know that I'm saved and I've never been in heaven, then I can know that I'm healed regardless of what my body's telling me. Is that true? Yeah. In spite of what my body tells me. In spite of what I see in the mirror. Regardless of the pain that I might be experiencing somewhere in my body. According to the word of God that says I'm saved going to heaven for eternity's sake, I can say that I'm healed, right? Now, you got saved because you responded to a call from heaven, a platform, from the word, whatever. And you said with your mouth, I accept Jesus Christ as Lord. Or help me Jesus. Or some form of that. And you said, Lord, come into my life. Help me. I need help. And so he did. And when he did, everything came with it. Now, most of us, if you were like me, you were raised, uh, uh, you either had no religion at all, or you were raised in another religion or whatever else. It makes no difference. Or your upbringing or whatever your family heritage was, you could have been raised in church. And just never did it, but finally heard it, heard the call, and then made the choice and stepped into salvation. When you did, you got all these other benefits, but most of us didn't know many of them. Or we had a misconception of what they were, or we were with a bunch that didn't accept what we accept now. And since then, we've had a lot of revelation come forward to tell us more, and it just keeps getting better and better all the time, doesn't it? And so... Uh, and, and the bunch I hung out with was kind of superstitious. And, you know, we didn't get much. We had to pray till no end. And, uh, you, you know, in fact, in fact, it's amazing. It's, have you ever thought about this? And I'm just trying to stir up your thinking for a moment here anyway. And I know you've had these thoughts anyhow. And I don't really have to stir them up. Uh, you probably would rather have me not. Uh, but, but, you know, isn't it amazing how you, you'll, you'll be with... Meaningful good Christians. Huh? You hung around with them. There's a few in the room. No, they're all Christians. And, uh, and, and you'll be praying, and you'll get up from that place of prayer, and they'll say, I, I really think God heard us. And, and someone will say, 
Do you really think so? Well, let me ask you a question. I knew before I got saved, I had God's attention then. Let me say that in a different way. Before I got saved, I knew I had God's attention then. Why? Because I'm not behaving. Huh? Then you? And there was no question about it, was there? I knew, God knew, I was in trouble. The moment I did something wrong. And even today, not today, today, you understand? But even now, I use the word now, when you do or one does something wrong, immediately, immediately, we know that he knows. Well, how much more when you're right does he know? Huh? I mean, I know that if I'm mean to Nancy, she's going to, you know, hurt her feelings or whatever. But if I'm kind and nice to her, I not only have her attention, I have her good will. You know, there's, she's, yeah, what'd you say? Thank you. That's what I was after. I have her good graces. Yes. So how much more then? Hallelujah. Let me put my hand back there. How much more then does God want to meet you and me when we're right? And I think, you know, where we miss it a lot of times is we're waiting for something to touch this. The flesh. Or this. The emotions. Oh, oh yeah. God was there. How do you know? Because you had a feeling, you had a goosebump, your hair stood up. That could have been just the wind. Huh? It could have been the pizza you ate the night before. No, we know because of what the Word says. Over and over and over again, He paid the price to put us in position to receive the blessings from him. Amen. And we got this wonderful package deal. Ah, now. Hallelujah. Let's go to dinner. You go to dinner and you sit there and it wouldn't it be strange? And he says he prepares for us what? A table before us in where? Of our enemies. So we're fighting, and are are there going to be enemies in heaven? No. No. So the banquet table's here, is it not? Yeah. So he prepares for us this table in the midst of our enemies. We're fighting this battle, and here's his word. And we go to dinner, and we all sit, and I've been to dinner with Pastor Tom. In fact, we went to dinner. Do you still remember we went to dinner with Brother Haven? Oh, that's below the <laughs> <laughs> But we went to dinner and we sat at dinner with Brother Hagen. Tom called him Brother Haven. But that's okay. But anyway, we're sitting there at dinner and you want to talk about a banquet. Not, well, what they put before us was pretty good too because we were at the pier. But uh, of what Brother Hagen shared with us that night as he was speaking. Well, wouldn't it be strange if we went to dinner and we sat there and all this wonderful food in front of us and all we wanted to do was talk about it? We're not going to taste it. 
We're just going to talk. So um, what did it take to prepare that? Well, it's getting cold, right? No, no, we're eating. No, and it's the same way with God's word. When you sit at table or sit at God's word and, and read God's word and partake of God's word, you're eating God's word. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a physical body. This is spiritual food. Matthew, oh no, that's enough. Uh, Matthew 4 4 says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is God speaking to you. This is God's word to you. So, well, wait a minute. Do I tear the pages out? No, 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 no. I've heard of some doing that. And if you're in the crowd tonight, don't raise your hand or anything. No one will know. And uh, how did it taste? No, that's okay. Um, and so, no, we take the words of this and say, Lord, thank you for the spiritual nourishment, the spiritual food that I need to grow thereby. Thank you, Lord, for the word that's coming forth out of these pages to feed my spirit man. So we're, it's not that we sit about it and talk about it and hash the word back and forth. No, we eat this. I'm not to question the word. I'm to what? The Bible says, receive the engrafted word that it may save your soul. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is the word of God. So I'm I'm not going to discuss this or argue this or wonder about it. No, I'm going to receive it. I'm going to eat it. And I'm going to be transformed by it from the inside out. There you go. Am I to question the word? No. No. I may not fully understand it, but the Bible says there's a place in here where I can pray in Ephesians chapter 1 and chapter 3 that the eyes of my understanding might be enlightened, that I may come to know the love of God, that I may understand with all the other saints what is the will of God for me in my life. Amen? So we begin to glean and eat and partake of His riches. From his word. Not a matter of discuss- It's not a matter of having a banquet table in front of us and not ever going to eat. We eat continually. <clears throat> so, now we get to this place. Let's look at, um, oh. So, healing's ours. Any question? We know that. No discussion, right? It's ours. Just like salvation is ours. Well, now, Brother George, okay, I got saved, but if he wanted, so then if it came as a package deal, then if he wanted me healed, he'd heal me. Oh, I'm glad you said that. Because the same way you get saved is the same way you get healed. You believe where? In your heart and say with your mouth what the word says, and then it becomes yours. Now, the moment you prayed that to get saved, did you go to heaven? No, you stayed here. Why? Because you're going to fulfill the will of God in your generation here. The same way we receive healing for our physical bodies is the same way we receive salvation. Thank you, Lord. I believe I receive healing for my physical body from the top of my head, soles of my feet, and I receive it now in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Nothing changed. Now, did it work? Yes. Has it been released from heaven? 
Yes. Is it mine? Yes. Now, has it manifested? Maybe, maybe not. It may take a while. Does it matter? No. Why? Because faith is when? Now. I pray and I believe I receive when I pray. Hallelujah. You're a great... Why don't we just close now and all go home? You got this. (laughs) Okay. Here's the the great part of that. Many times when we, we believe God to receive... And I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen over and over and over and over and over again. Where people are, are standing and believing God for a physical need in their, in their body. And some of them are, it's big. Okay? That's all I'll say about it. I don't want to say terminal. And I won't. But it's huge. And so we want people in agreement with us. I, I know I would grab some folks that I know make heaven and earth slap together in their prayers. Right? Not that I can't. But you get people in agreement with you. Not people that are going to talk about it and worry with you, but people that are going to believe with you. And as long as you brought up worry, does God answer worried prayers? No. No, he does not. Okay. And and, uh, because uh, he only answers prayers of Faith. faith. Hallelujah. Good. Now, Mark 11. Let's go over there real quick. Is this helping you? It's helping me. I'm just having fun. Mark eleven twenty two. starting, Jesus said, answering, said unto them, Have faith in God, or have the, have the faith of God, or have the God kind of faith. So let's call it, have the God kind of faith. Verse 23. He begins to explain what the God kind of faith looks like. Huh? Didn't he? He shares with us the unalterable law of faith. It works that way every single time. Doesn't matter. If you work it, it works. It's a law. Just like gravity. We went up there... Well, we can't get through those windows. But if we went up on a balcony and we jumped, which way are we going? Every time? What if we flapped our arms real hard? We're still going down, right? We're not built to fly. We're going down. Unless we supersede that law with the law of lift and thrust and everything else that goes with it, right? And then all of a sudden, guess what? We could fly. But the moment we quit doing that, what happens? The law of gravity takes over again, doesn't it? Okay. So here, the law of faith works every time. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast in the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe, where? In his heart, that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he what? Saith. That is the ultimate law of faith. What you believe in your heart concerning the word of God and say with your mouth, you are going to have. Now, what goes awry? Did you notice in that scripture that say is mentioned three times, but believe only once? 
You know, we call you a Christian, but you're also called what? Believers. You've been made in the likeness image of God. We are believing ones. You are a spirit being. Man believes from the heart. What? Man what? Believes. From the heart of man, man believes from the heart. You're made a believer. It's not hard for you to believe. I like to always clean that one up, by the way. Because a lot of times you'll hear Christians say, well, I, you know, I was hoping for this and then this and that. And, what, and it didn't, I probably didn't believe hard enough. Or maybe I didn't really believe that. Let me steal the devil away for you. And kick him where he belongs. In fact, just look underneath your foot and smash him right now. Because it's all over. You believe. You re- say, say this with me. I believe. I believe because I'm a believer. Because I'm a believer. Just like I'm a human. Just like I'm a human. I breathe. I breathe. Therefore, I'm a spirit being. I believe. I believe. It's that simple. Hallelujah. Okay. Where we miss it is in the same. We change. We flip-flop. We're wishy-washy. We're stupid. We don't get it. We don't understand yet. We're beginning to. We really don't understand yet the power of our words. We think others should. We know God does. Because God never changes. Same yesterday, today, and forever. He is not a man that he should lie. How many of you ever lied? Only no hands went up. We won't do that one again. Okay. <laughs> Lemon meringue pie. Okay. Moving right along, right? Yeah, there's a line again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but Pastor George, it was a little, it was to protect somebody. <laughs> a lie. Lies a lie. It's a lie. When we realize the power of our words, we begin to talk a different language. We really do. I remember I had made a decision that uh, we, we were listening to some tape. I forget, it was way back when. Jerry Seville, I think it was. And uh, I was painting one of the bedrooms. This was in the 70s, was it? Yeah, late 70s, 78. 70. And I heard them going and I go, man, if I had to do that, I wouldn't be able to talk. I can't do that. I wouldn't be able to talk. Well, the Lord kind of hold of me and I says, okay, I'm going to make a decision that I'm only going to say what I believe. I made that. And it was a quality decision. I prayed about it. I said, Lord, thank you. I'm going to take your word and I'm only say what the word says and I'm only going to say what I believe. Whew, I didn't talk for a week. <laughs> I mean, carry on a normal conversation. Every time I opened my mouth, I'd catch myself. And I started to say, ugh, ugh. Now, maybe some of you didn't talk as bad. And I wasn't, don't mean I wasn't cussing. Are you with me? I was just not saying what the Word said. I I was saying stupid things like, well, I'm not putting a new set of tires on that car. The minute I do, the engine will blow up. (laughs) What am I going to wash the car for? It's going to rain. 
Huh? And so you would, we'd start saying silly things. And I'm sure you can think of all the things you would say, right? I'm just sowing seeds of discontent and uncomfort. No, no. And, and so all of a sudden I, I started, I started changing my language. And I began to say then what the word said. And I started taking on a positive. And I always thought I was a pretty positive guy. Was I? My wife's smiling. I know I was. But I came from a family of Olympic gold medal warriors. I mean, we held every record for worry. You name it, we had it. I was raised around it. My mom was, she was the coach. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. And so when it came to worry, I could worry at the drop of a hat, you know. It didn't take much. So when you're raised like that and then you get born again, you know what? That doesn't stay there. That comes with you. Everything, you know, if you went to college, you don't lose your degree, right? And and if if you had habits before uh, you got saved, most of them are going to come with you unless you get supernaturally delivered, right? Now, May 31st, 1975, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And I went from drinking a quart of alcohol a day to drinking zero. I haven't had a drop since. Hallelujah. Total, yeah, all praise and glory go to Him. Now, that's complete and total deliverance. No shakes, no nothing. I mean, I got, to li- I got set free. People did not recognize me the next day on the street. I was resurrected. I was totally transformed. I mean, I, I, you know, I, got, I got into work and people are going, and Terry, I went over to see Terry. That we were going through a divorce with each other for the second time. And um, I paid for two. None of them stuck. And, uh, and so I went over there and she noticed immediately that my lips weren't shaking. And it wasn't because I, they'd shake because I was nervous around her. It was because of the alcohol, you know, and, and the shaking of the hands and the whole, everything that goes along with that, right? And uh, totally transformed. So unless you get delivered from that, a lot of your habits come with you, right? God knew he had to do that for me because otherwise he'd have had a mess and a plus on his hands. So anyway, so we accept this substitutionary act from God. Not only in salvation, but also healing becomes ours. Simple and plain. So, now what I was getting around to saying, and I've got seven minutes? Wow. Do you have anything you need to do? Okay. Let me, two minutes. I'll be done in two minutes. 8.25. Like I said, I never get past my opening. Uh, so here we are. People will come. And this is key. This is, this is why we came here tonight. To hear this, get to my notes. (laughs) Many, and it doesn't happen in this church so much, but I've seen it happen all over, everywhere I've gone. They come and get hands laid on them for healing. And this is a great place for hands to be laid on you. Because our pastors have an anointing on their lives. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. But you have an anointing also. But not to minimize that, they're called for that. Amen? And yet, people will go away 
because of their faith, doing well, better, or totally healed. But they're back in the next healing line. Not here, but in other places, you understand. Why? Because they haven't learned the power of their words. And they, the devil will come along and steal it. They got to, you are where you are today because of the words you spoke yesterday. If you want to change where you're going, you have to turn. If you don't like what you have today, change what you're saying. Why is that so important? Because you already believe. I've been hearing it. You know what the word says. You just talk wrong. Just kidding. Here's why you came. Hebrews 3.6 Christ, and I'm skipping a lot of stuff. You just got to take this for what it's worth. As a son over his own house, whose house we are if we, here's the two words, hold fast. The confidence. Hebrews 4.14 Seeing then that we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our what? Profession. Or that same word is confession. They don't, the Hebrew mind does not separate what you do from what you say. So your profession and your confession is the same. You're a doctor, you talk doctor. You're a mechanic, you talk mechanic. Right? You're a Christian, you talk Christian. You're a believer, you talk believing. You're positive, you talk positive. You're healed, you talk healing. You're saved, you talk saved. You understand? Profession, confession, same word. Uh, Translated. Okay, now, one more. Hebrews 10, 23. It says, let us hold fast the confession. It says, of our hope. Hope is stronger there. It's more like uh, of our faith without wavering. Because he who promised is what? Faithful. Hallelujah. What's it telling you to do? Hold fast the words you're saying. Don't let go. Joshua. Remember? He came back with a good report. Him and Caleb, they got to go in. How many more years later was it that they went in? 45 or 40 or 45 years before they went in. And even when they went to Joshua, it's in Joshua 14, 7. Look there and, and verses after that. He said, I told you then, I'm paraphrasing this, George, and I'm telling you now, I was strong then and I'm strong now. And God was faithful then and God is faithful now. And I'm saying it then and I'm saying it now. Do you think he just said it that day? No, no. no he's saying it for 40 something years. I'm going in. And he says, today I'm going in. You think he said today, today? No, he said today on year one. He said today on year two. He said today on year three. He knew that he was going in regardless of what his body said, regardless of what it looked like in the camp, regardless of what it looked like on the other side of the Jordan, regardless, because he knew it belonged to him. And we have more sure promises that given to us, Jesus, our high priest, he said, hold fast the confession of your faith, because if you don't let go, he's not going to let go, and you'll have what you came for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> 